Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where did you come from? How's it going? My name's Carl Clinch. I'm 28 and I'm from Donamade. Carl, are you nervous today? I am. I am a bit <laughs> nervous, yeah. The old heart is pounding. Don't be. Uh, Ian Kinsley, who I found you through Ian, but Ian was very nervous on him, on his one, and he sounded like pretty Darth Vader through it because he was breathing, you know, but mm. it's grand. Just relax through it and we'll be all right. Yeah. Um, tell me this. I found you on Instagram, as I said, through Ian's page because you posted a video. Correct, yeah. So do you want to tell me why you posted the video and we'll take it from there? Yeah, basically, like, I feel like that the video that I made, I hope that somebody gets a bit of courage from it and strength that are struggling, like, because I know the society nowadays is, is completely... Fucked up, basically, like, um, all the youth think the normal is to go out and do all this stuff, but just destroys you as a person, like, you know what I mean? Big time. And take me back then to your journey and where, what what happened and where did you start with it? Well, as a kid, I had a very good upbringing, like, I had a really good family. I was always um, mad into sport, playing football, Gaelic. I was even with the, the Dublin uh, development squad at one stage, at uh, 16s or 17. 15s or 16, sorry, yeah. And um, I travelled around the world playing football then with the NDSL, went to all different countries. So I was always mad into sport and um, started drinking at a really young age, like probably about 14, 15. And um, yeah, it just progressed on then from there, like, you know what I mean? As I got older, I got worse basically, like with the, with the whole lot of it, with the drink, the drugs. Gambling played a huge part of my life from an early age as well, like, and do you think that the sports, like, had something to do with the gambling or not? I can't really say, like, you know what I mean? Because I made the choice at the end of the day to go into that bookies at the start and do a bit. And um, I'm only learning now with this mental illness that progresses on, like. So I didn't know it at this stage, like, but it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you said there then you start drinking. So when you start drinking, as most teenagers do they start drinking but what was the drink for you like what was going on with you with that like I, w- I would be every weekend like I'd be still I was actually very good in school like mm. I completed school I did me leaving cert and all but I found that come the weekends then I, I just go off and uh, yeah like any teenager really but I started experimenting then with drugs say when I was about 15 16 it would have been ecstasy um a thing called snowblow at the time like and, um, yeah, just progressed on from then. I wouldn't say I was addicted at that age because I was just on the weekends, like, you know what I mean? 
But yeah, as I went on, I got older, unfortunately. Like, what, What's a snowball? Tell me what that is. It's a snowblow. A snowblow. They used to sell this over the counter in town, like in the hemp shops. I think it was like 30 euro a gram or something like that, but it's just mad, full of basalts or something like that. Yeah. Get you out of your brackets, basically. Oh, really? Yeah, really bad, yeah. Because I, when they started, remember they started closing down all those shops? I was like, why are they closing? I don't get what they're closing them down for. Yeah, I, but it was pure, was it? Yeah, yeah, I reckon that, that could have been one of the reasons why, like, yeah. I found a lot of people at my age at that time where was was doing it regularly, like, you know what I mean? A lot of people became highly addictive to it as well, like, I've seen, seen it face-to-face, like... Really? Yeah, yeah. And around you in your circle, is your mates doing this as well? Is Yeah, see, I, I have a, a wide circle of friends, to be honest with you, like, I, I try to get on with everybody as best as I can, so, um, yeah, my friends... Are going through. There's a, there's actually a few of my friends going through the same thing that I'm going through now, but unfortunately they haven't come to a point to realise that they're suffering with this mental illness. Like, it took me this long to realise it. I thought I was just, at the start. I was just choosing to go to bookies and um, choosing to sniff coke, choosing to drink all the time. I didn't know that the progression of the illness is up here. It's more in your head. Like you know what I mean. I'm only learning about this. As I said, to you, I'm only at the start, a very early age of my recovery early stage sorry so um yeah like i can't really fault at the moment really to be honest with you like it's working for me at the moment and then tell me like what what is it like your your first bag of coke or is it a bag of coke or a line of coke what like what's that what's it's, it's like it, it hides up all your emotions so whatever way you're feeling if you take a line you're like whoa mm. you feel normal like you feel the way you want to feel there's obviously stuff going on before you take that line of coke and i just feel Oh, well, that was my experience from mm. it, like, I just felt like, even with a bet, when I did a 20 euro bet, if it was 20 euro, I did a 20 euro bet, and it won, that buzz of, you know, just taking everything else away, like, searching for that, that high, like, to hide it, hide how you're feeling, mm. that's what I think in any way, like. And then, when did you realise then that, you know, you were going down a dangerous road? Well, I'd say I was about, I could have been about 17, and um, the drinking became more regularly. I was introduced to cocaine then at about 16 or 17. See, coke, back in my day, was very expensive, like, as we were kids. Mm. So the snowblow and the ecstasy was in. I was experimenting with them a lot on the weekends, like, and then I got introduced to cocaine, and, um, yeah, it really progressed from then. Like, I've, myself, personally, I have a very addictive personality. So, like, with the three of them, I found myself constantly gambling. I, I, you know, 17, 18. I had a job, like, never had a washer. Constantly gambling, constantly going out drinking, and then constantly sniffing as well. Like, this went on for a number of years, like, until I actually reached out to, to get help, like. And through all that, like... Do you start relationships? Do you lose yeah. relationships? Like, I, I wasn't a nice person to be around, to be honest with you. I, um, yeah, I fucked a lot of things up. I threw a lot of things away. But that's all down to this addiction. It stripped me from everything, like, as a person, you know what I mean? Really did. I found myself uh, in the horrors all the time, walking around, like, just snappy, getting into trouble then with the police and stuff like that, like... Mm. It's crazy because, as you said, there's so many people in that situation, but they're not 
seeing one does that and wrong with them or two is there a way out they think it's the normal like like they think it's normal to go out and do these things most nights of the week like i did i'm only learning this this now like you know mm. what i mean i did it for a number of years thinking there was nothing wrong with me thinking that i was just choosing to do these things not knowing the mental progression of this illness like i'm only learning that now in the last since i said the last i think i'm 50 i'm, I'm 60 days now on monday thank god they do a little, it's like a 30 day, 60 day, 90 day, 3 months, 6 months, 12 months. And uh, yeah, I've, I, I'm not letting it get in my way this time, you know what I mean? I really am. But as you said, Jim, yeah, everybody, all the kids now, not kids, even like mm-hmm. my age, mm-hmm. they're going out from Thursday to Sunday, staying out 2 3 days. I did it myself. And they don't think there's anything wrong with it, like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy, like. Crazy. And these are family people as well. They've kids. I was a I was a functioning addict myself. I was doing it. I was doing it the same. Um, still get emotional even thinking about the amount of times I stepped over my son. Like it's it's crazy. Like it's fucking horrible. I don't want to ever go down that road again. Like with, with the gambling as well. You see a lot of kids gambling. The poker was a a, a big thing in my life online. Like mm. so, um, I used to every Thursday night. When I get paid and I was on the late shift, my Thursday night was home, eight cans, bag of coke, and I'd sit there on my phone playing poker online until about four or five in the morning. I'd wake up every Friday with not a washer in the bank account, like, that's how bad it was. God. Yeah, really, really bad. And then, did you find yourself borrowing to get yourself through the week and all that? I was, um, I was actually. Then I got introduced to selling drugs, like so. I, I'd always had a had a had coke there, like you know what I mean. And then, um, yeah, so I collect bill money then on a Friday, and that helped me get through. Then for the rest of the week, after blowing me whole wages, like. Mm-hmm. And at what point is people looking at you and your family going, Carl? We have a problem here. My ma wanted to help me so many times, like. My whole family did, my sisters, everybody, but I didn't want to help myself. Mm. Um, they actually they threw me out of the family home, I'd say, about four or five years ago, because my mum was just sick of it. I don't blame her now, looking back at it, like, you know what I mean? So uh, I got a little a little room over in um, Walkinstown beside my job. I was just renting a room. And when I went over there, like, I was saying to myself, this is what was in my head at the time, like, right, I'm away from... Um, I'm away from yeah. over here. I'll try to get my head together and get back get back in order. Like and uh I went over there and I wasn't sniffing as much now to be honest with you. Mm. I, I was still in the pub drinking. The gambling just went through the roof then because I wasn't sniffing. I was using that gambling to get that high again, like you know what I mean? So I was really pushing into the gambling and it then left me left me uh my ma had to come over and pull me out of that room then and Realised then that I need proper, proper help. Like, It's like um, Paloma said in hers one, she said, because she went through all the different addictions, and she said it was like that, do you know that whack-a-mole game? You'd whack-a-mole, and then something else would pop up, and then you'd get that one down, and another one would pop up. And she said it was just constant like that. I'd get control of something, and then obviously something else would rear its head. So she was like, it's, it's such a horrible cycle. Yeah, see, there, that, that explains what I said. Like, I was going over there thinking that I was going to get off the coke. Mm. Like, because I'm, I'm away from ev- everything around where I was introduced to all this stuff. Mm. And in my head, I was like, right, get your act together. And then the gambling just went through the roof. Like you said, with that game, just one for the other, like, went through the roof. 
same again. Never have a washer on a Friday. I'd blow my wages in the space of about an hour or two every Thursday, like gone like that, and I have a decent job, mm. pays a decent wage. Like I reckon now, if I wasn't gambling, I'd probably have my own house and all nearly paid off. Well, mostly, yeah. like you know what I mean. I've looking back, I've I, I threw away some amount of money, yeah. But you know what, you're young and you have all these realizations, which is fantastic. You could be. 50. I have a lot of awareness around yeah. it now, like, you know what I mean? And I remember where it left me before. I tell myself that every day. Remember the last of me, the last of me using, sitting in my room. It wasn't too long ago, like, I was actually crying into a bag of coke, not wanting to do it, but physically couldn't stop. Then with the, my phone in front of me, just playing poker, like, crying, like, you know what I mean? That's where it left me. It strips you from your personality. It strips you as a person... And it strips everybody around you because they can see it. They can see what you're going through. Try help you as much. But the, at the end of the day, the only person that can help is yourself. I was willing to go any lengths, like, you know what I mean? But I just couldn't physically stop. I reckon if somebody came and told me, like, um, if you don't stop gambling or doing coke, I'm going to shoot you. And I was like that. I reckon I still would have done it. That's how addictive I was, like. It, it, it's mad like you said that about families there like because you know you have I've talked to an awful lot of people and they say you know oh I can't even deal with them anymore I'm done with them I'm washing my hands with them I'm but behind it all just still love like just you're, you're still blood you're still their family like so your family that must have been very hard it was it was like I'm not, I'm not a bad person I know I'm not a bad person no. I, I have a I have a heart mm. I just made a few wrong stupid decisions and this mental illness got in on me, got in on me, and it progressed, progressed. My mother never gave up on me. She never, ever gave up on me, ever. No matter how much I hurt her, I hurt everybody around me. She would always try to help me, and I'm very thankful for that. To be honest with you, I don't think I'd be here today. Really? Yeah, big time. Yeah, if it wasn't for her, like. So she went over to Walkinstown and took you out there, and what happened next? We got on to um, my cousin again, and. He had been, did you ever hear of a, a treatment centre called Higlin? Yeah. Yeah, so he, he completed Higlin. And um, I don't really want to get too much into no. him, but he was he was bad as well. Like, And he completed the whole programme. And he came out the other side and like a, a different man. And I seen that, my man could see that. So we got on to him and um, we got Higlin's number. So we got through to them. It's just, Jesus Christ, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I was only in there, so I'll fill you in with it if you want. Yeah, because like, yeah. this is what I want. Like, how how do you go, right, I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to, like, wh- where does the strength come from? I, I always wanted wanted to be a better person when I was in addiction. I always, I didn't want to be doing what I was doing, but I couldn't physically stop. I just couldn't. And, um... Yeah, that's where it hit me. Like I was, I was over in Walkinstown and I was gambling away and at rock bottom, crying constantly, going to sleep nearly every night, like saying I shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? The, the press down my head and um, I really hit rock bottom. And then we got on to Tiglin, as I said, mm. yeah. And with them, you have to, you have to show that you want to get in there because there's a lot of people that go in there to try to get off charges and stuff like that. Right. So um, they make you ring. Every day, put your name on the board. So I had to ring them every day for a couple of months. I think it went on for a month or two, like, and um, 
just say, oh, I am Carl, put my name on the board, put your name on the board. And if they see you're consistently doing that, they show as you want, you want to get in really. So I end up getting in then. And I remember going down in uh, June, it would have been June 2018. I didn't know much about the program. I didn't have a clue. I was just willing to go any lens to get the help that I needed. Like, and I went down there, and I'll never forget it. I was still on the smokes and all at this time. I jumped out of the car to light up a smoke. The load of lads came over. You're not loud smoker. You're not loud smoker. She's not loud fucking smoker. So oh God, I'm in for it now. You know what I mean? So I had to go cold turkey off absolutely everything. Like, who a, went with you? Me dad. My dad and my mom, my sister. They dropped, sorry, my mom, my sister dropped me down when I was going in. But when you go down for like an introduction, my dad brought me, yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't know much about the program, as I says. It's a Christian based program. Right. I wouldn't have been mad religious or anything like that. And um, I remember the first day I went down, me being me, acting Billy Big Bollocks, trying to fit in, like. Trying to put a statement out there for myself. Um, I went in and I met all the lads and they were all sound. You get it, as you progress on through the programme, you get weekends out and stuff like that. That's further down the line, like. And there was a young fella telling me he was going down, going out on his weekend out. And uh, one of the lads was going to cut his hair. I says, Ashley, I'm a barber, I'll cut your hair for you. I was just trying to fit in. I ended up butchering the poor young fella. And he was going out that weekend, like, so... Mm. That nearly caused a bit of commotion, like, and uh, that was my way of getting getting me marked to fit in, like, you know what I mean? It's is that important? I feel like that's an important thing with me. Well, if I'm going down there telling him that I'm a fucking barber, which I'm far from, it, mm-hmm. I'm butchering the poor young fella, and he's going out and his weekend away, like, you know what I mean? I think that's a big part of me trying to fit in, like. I don't know why, like, but... Did you always find that through your life that you always wanted to fit in? Well, I always wanted to be in the middle of everything, yeah. Mm. I don't know why, though, you know what I mean? I really don't. Mm. Mm. And it, it's just, it's crazy how we do these things to ourselves, do you know what I mean, that we have to do that. And when you were there and the lads are saying, you can't smoke here, you can't smoke here, like, is it a big deal getting out of the car or did you just try and mask it and be like, oh, I'm getting out just and I'm going to do this? Or Well, I was... I was still actively in addiction, so uh, I, I was still holding on to my pride and my ego, you know what I mean? Probably acting Billy Big Bollocks going in. That soon came away me when I got stuck into the programme. You get a lot of emotions coming up and all, and stuff down there. That's that slowly gets gets taken away from me. You fuck your pride and your ego out the window. Like, yeah, yeah. And how long did it take you to get to that point? I'd say after about two months, yeah. I got on with everybody down there, like, mm. it's, I couldn't, <laughs> my ma did everything for me, I couldn't cook her in, you know what I mean, my ma, this is a, in my 20s, like, mm. fucking ridiculous, but, my ma used to do everything for me, and down there you have to do everything yourself, mm. it's like, um, I'll tell you a bit about the programme, oh. yeah, so, every morning you wake up, you're up at 7 o'clock, it's very strict, a lot of people from there come from prison, and they say that it's stricter than being in prison, like, really? yeah, up at seven o'clock every morning you have to have a clean shave every day every day clean shave i think it's just to get a bit of structure into your life like and then uh, you go over to the chapel and at half seven every morning 15 minute quiet time gather your thoughts together and then breakfast they give you jobs then you start work from 10 till say break time one o'clock all around the the center like whether it be gardening 
again, I think it's just to get you into a bit of structure and routine. And then um, dinner, you had to be in bed then by 10 o'clock. Like, it was really, really Christian-based. Like, I remember when we first went down, they, they said chapel was at 9 o'clock. I was like, chapel? What the fuck is this? Like, mm-hmm. I went over and um, it's all worship and pressing into the to God and all. And this is me only coming off everything, like coming off the gambling. I really thought I was going off my head, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was, what the fuck is going on here? But I pressed into it and then slowly but surely I found myself, I don't know, something happened to me. I, I just pressed in and I could see results, changes happening within me, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just went with it, to be honest with you. Like, How did it make you feel when you were in that? Oh, I was feeling bleeding great down there. I don't know whether they say you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Possibly that was happening to me. But I just remember waking up every morning, looking out the window. And when you're clean sober, these are the things you look out and do. And you're like, Gee, isn't it great to be alive? Mm-hmm. That's the way I was feeling every morning. Like, it was it was really, really good. It's mad because, again, and then I know Tiglin is a Christian-based one, and I know there is other ones, but Paloma said the exact same thing. She walked into the church. She sat there, and she was left there for hours. She was wailing. She was howling. She was she was just had to be nearly murdered. She And she said it. It was like a light bulb moment, and she was she she so she now she is a very Christian woman because she thinks that God like not just God saved her but she saved herself but like God helps her and He helps her along the way. Yeah, if you ask anybody that comes through that program, I reckon they say the same thing. To be honest with you, like mm. it's just crazy the stuff you see happening, like the changes you see in people. You see, as you said, heroin addicts coming in. I remember looking after a fella. He was in a bad, bad way, and he was detoxing. And I, I, I actually became the kitchen manager and all down there after not being able to. <laughs> that's a miracle in itself as well. Like I'm, I'm looking after cooking for thirty people, and I, I couldn't even cook myself two months ago. Like it's mad. But I remember looking after a fellow. I used to bring him down treats and all, and he was in a bad, bad way. And still to this day, I still keep in touch with him now. And that's that's the joys you get out of that place of seeing the rewards of these people. Like, But unfortunately, I stopped pressing into that program. That's how I could have probably had a relapse as well. Like, I'm, I'm not too sure, Like, you know what I mean? Because when I was doing the right things, the right things were happening. When you stop doing the right things, wrong things happen. Like, mm. Mm-hmm. And then what, so you, how long did you stay there and what was the next, what happened next? I stayed there for six months. I felt like I was progressing in the program quite well. Um, you get a key walker and stuff down there. Yeah, I felt like I was really, really doing doing good in the program. I was getting visits. Whereas, say, family members off with other people, you get five or six. I just have a great support around me, like... 12 or 13 people came down to see me on my first visit, like, you know what I mean? It's just heartwarming and stuff. But, um, yeah, so I thought I was getting on great in the programme, and then I remember I got called into the office in in October, and uh, the fella says to me, Carl, we have a bit of bad news for you. I said, fuck's sake, what did I do? I was trying to think whether I did something or not. I was like, oh, I haven't been doing anything. He says, your granddad's out and passing away. I was like, oh, no. My emotions do be all over the place down there and uh, I just went back to my room and I, I lied there, I cried and I, I had a chat with my key walker I says listen I'm going to have to get out for the funeral 
I'm progressing through the program. I haven't got into trouble yet. I feel like there's no reason why I shouldn't get out for the funeral. Like, and he was like, "Don't worry, we'll, we'll get you out. We'll get you out." So I just held that bit of faith that I was going to get out. And he came back to me and says, um, "Carl, you can come out for the funeral, but we're going to have to get somebody to go with you and sit in the church and that just to keep an eye on you." Me being me, self-centered to the car. Fuck you! I'm not. I'm not having that. I want to be there for the full, the awakening, the the funeral and the afters. He says, think about it. Do you really want to be at the afters? And I says, my head's strong enough now. Like, you know what I mean? I thought it was really, really doing doing really well. He says, no, that won't be happening. I says, well, if that doesn't happen, I'm gone. He says, don't do that, Carl. Don't, don't throw this all out the window because of this. You're still gone. He says, no. It probably want them to get in my way, like my mm. way or no way, you know what I mean? So uh, they weren't agreeing to that. I remember my sister ringing, please, crying down the phone, please just stay, please just stay, my man and all. I already had it in my head. If I wasn't getting out for the full thing, I was gone. So uh, I ended up telling them, I'm packing my bags and I'm gone. Well, so they drop you down to the train station and uh, five black bags in my hand I had at the train station. The first thought, I'll never, ever forget it. Came into my head. I seen a Paddy Power across the road. Only after doing six months in here, thinking that I had everything sussed, you know what I mean? Because when am I going to do a bet again? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then, it, then that progressed. When am I going to do a sniff? Am I going to have a drink at my granddad's funeral? This is all coming at me. And I'm like, whoa, maybe I should have stayed there, you know what I mean? I was like, what the fuck? So I, I didn't act on them thoughts straight away, but soon after that, I had a bad relapse, like, really, really, really bad, like, mm. is Isn't the mind just... Crazy how it works, like, I think, there's me thinking I have everything under control, and I'm only after walking out, and I see a Paddy Power triggers off straight away, like, you know what I mean? It was fucking really scary, really, really scary. Do you want to tell me about the relapse? Yeah, I, well, geez, to be honest with you, it's been a bit, bit, bit blank the last year and a half, two years, like, of where my head was at. My head was completely, completely messed up. Um, yeah, so I, I, got, I was going out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On the weekends, back socializing with my friends. I went into the living room and I was drinking non-alcoholics. I found that all right, like, for a while. And then slowly but surely, I was just started drinking. That was all right for a while. Going home early, I'd go out for a few drinks, go home 11, 12 o'clock. Trying to keep everybody happy in the house as well, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. And um, yeah, then I just remember taking that first sniff, game over then, doing that first bet, constantly back gambling, constantly back sniffing, constantly back And are drinking. people not in your environment going, Carl's doing great? Let's just leave Carl alone. Like, we won't do that in front of him. We won't do that like that. Like, does, does that not happen? It does to a certain extent. But you have to remember, at the end of the day, I have a choice, like, you know what I mean? If I have a choice to walk into the bookies. I can't blame what's around me. Like, mm. yeah, that can trigger stuff, yeah. But I still have a, have a choice whether I want to do that sniff. Choice whether I want to do that bet. Choice whether I want to have that drink. Can't put the blame on anybody else, you know what I mean? I really can't. Like, it's down to me. Isn't that the biggest thing, though? Because people say, you know, oh, I'm from a deprived area, you know, Donamade would have been pushed to Mafia, <laughs> where I'm from. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? But it's like people say, it's and it's not, and I know someone said before, it's not a deprived area, it's a deprived mind because it's your choice to do that. It's your choice to go down that road. And as you said, I'm fair play to you, you haven't blamed anyone around you and said it was my choice. Yeah, no, it is. It is my choice. But as the illness creeps back in, it progresses. That's what they talk about in the in the AA book. The progression of the illness, the physical allergy, phenomenon, craving. I don't know whether you know about these mm. things. And um, it just gets in on you, creeps in on you, and just fucking wears you down, like pulls you asunder again. Like it's It's mad how it works. I've experienced it loads of times, and I tell you one thing: I won't be going back down that road again. Mm. Touch wood, and please, please God, like you know what I mean. I feel like I have a, a, enough mechanisms. When I came out and I relapsed, I don't think I had enough mechanisms against my mind, as in barriers how to block out this stuff from happening. Mm. Now I'm more aware, and um, I can wrap myself out now. If I ever, if I ever feel like that, I'm gonna have a relapse. Uh, I'm going to go to the pub, I'm going to go to bookies. I pick up the phone and I, I wrap myself out. I tell someone Good how I'm you. feeling, yeah. Mm. And then when you were in that stage where you relapsed and you're in, do you, did you feel that you were in more trouble then than you ever were before? 
do you know what it was as well? Me pride, me pride was back in. I didn't want, didn't want to let everybody down again. You know, mm. after putting them all through this misery already, how am I going to tell them that I'm fucking back on me bollocks? How am I going to tell them what I'm doing? Uh, everybody's going to be judging me around the area. They're coming out of rehab, and you know that's the way my mind was operating at the time. Like. I thought a bag of coke would fix all my problems. I thought a gamble would fix all my problems. It just makes them ten times worse, to be honest with you. Really, really, really does. And then tell me then again about how you decide, right, enough is enough. Well, the, since the COVID came in, really, it's... I think a lot of people are struggling. Mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. Since COVID came in. And when you're feeling low... You do tend to go into depression, drink a lot more, you know what I mean? Like, find yourself in a rut. So, yeah, I found myself in a rut. My ma, my sisters, they all, they could all see me going down a very, very wrong road. I wasn't eating my dinners or anything. Um, I was waking up 12 o'clock in the day, 1 o'clock, getting ready to go to work if I was in at 4 I was isolating myself. I wasn't going out as much. Um, yeah. I remember just sitting in my room, playing playing PlayStation, drinking on my own, sniffing. I think that's when I realised that that went on for quite a while. Like, I used to, she doesn't even know this, but I used to lie to my girlfriend. And just, just because I wanted to stay there doing that, you know what I mean? Didn't want to... Wanted to go up the hall, but I also wanted to stay here and do what I was doing. Look, I'm getting emotional and all, sorry. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. Take your time. Mm. Take your time, Carl. Because, you know, I've had a few women on the podcast and I and men have reached out and listened to it. But I think this is really important yeah. because there's so many men out there. Mm. That are going through what you're going through. Yeah. And what your girlfriend and your ma and your sisters all went through. Um, so I think we we need to be really honest and really clear and say this well, can destroy lives. Yeah, it did. It, it had me nearly taking my own life like it really did. The last of me using, as I said, crying into a bag of coke, wanting, wanting to stop, like, but just physically couldn't. Wanting to not gamble, just physically couldn't. Like, I got introduced to CA then. I rang my cousin again. My cousin's been fucking amazing. Just in guiding me on what to do, and he's never judged me for having a relapse. Like, whereas my man, I would know the extent of what I'm going through. But me, co- I feel like my cousin would, because he can relate to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, so uh, I got on to him, and I says, "I'm fucked up again. Like, I'm completely broken again. If anything, I'm probably worse than the last time I rang you. I don't want to go back into rehab. I really don't." Don't want to let me yumfle down again. I don't want to let me family down. But I do need help. Like, is there any suggestions? I said, Carl, I got on to my friend. He's been, um, he's 13 months clean, I think he told me, through going to this CA program. I was willing to go any length. So I says, listen, if we can do that ASAP, I'd be much appreciated. So I ended up going to my first meeting with this fella. Absolute gent of a bloke. He's actually my sponsor now to this day. He brought me to the meeting and uh, 
says, Carl, just go in here with an open mind. You don't even have to talk. Yeah. Anxiety through the roof. I remember sitting there. My heart was beating. You have to go around and introduce introduce yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not to embarrass you. It's just getting out of you. They always say that. Like, I was like, oh, stuttering out of me, like, trying to get my name out. But you just... The first meeting didn't really click with me. You hear people, if I'm being totally honest with you, strung out on crack, um, heroin. The heroin addicts go to the CA meetings as well, like... And uh, there again, there's me, still fucked up, judging them. Oh, I don't need to go to these. I'm not. I'm not as bad as them. You know what I mean? But it's the mind as well. At the end of the day, my mind could be completely worse than them. And um, I was telling this fella that I was like, I don't think I'm as bad as. I don't think these are gonna work for me. I'm not as bad as half you. Isn't there? Like, it's like Carl, just keep coming back. Says right. So I kept coming back. Two meetings later, in Darndale again would have been on a Wednesday. A fella got up, so in these meetings, you do like 15 minutes here, they get somebody in that's had a multiple time of sobriety, like so say, like 12 months, three years, they give get them in to, to do a share on the chair, like it's called the chair. So I remember this fella sharing his story, and um, this fella was strung out to the backbone on crack. He was a gambling addict, um, a very similar story to me, only that I never smoked crack, but it was a, I was a coke addict. Mm-hmm. And um, this fella was homeless. He had no family, nobody that, nobody that wanted to be in his life from his family. He had no support around him. This fella used to sit in his van smoking crack, gambling, and he was at rock bottom, and he's sitting up there three years clean. I was like, well, if he can fucking get this... Why can't I? You know what I mean? So that's when I really, really adjusted with the program and uh, really pressed into it. And yeah, I, I, I got re- I get regular meetings in. I still do to this day. Some days I get two. I, I try making my best to get at least one. Some days I get two. Some days I get three. And it's working for me today. Like, it's just a miracle. The same as that fella is probably, yeah, he is a miracle. You know what I mean? It just that's that's the story that clicked with me. That's what my sponsor said. Just just keep listening with an open mind. You'll probably hear a story that'll click with you and relate to you. And that's what I can say. That's my story that I can relate to. And that's that's the reason I kept going back. That's the reason I'm still going back to this date. Like I work a very easy. Like every morning I get up, I'd um I do my meditation, I read me just for today. My gratitude list. I have a little app on my phone with all these things in it. I feel like it sets me up for the morning, like, you know what I mean? People might think I'm mad, but I listen to a bit of worship music when I'm in the, when I'm in the shower, like, you know what I mean? Um, worship as in God? Yeah, there's, mm. a few, there's a few good songs. Is there? Yeah, yeah, a few good songs. Even my ma was like, oh, it's great to hear you back with them, that music playing in the shower and all, you know what I mean? If it's keeping me fucking clean, why not, like, why not try it, you know? Tell me about your gratitude. What are you gra- grateful for? I'm grateful for absolutely everything that's around me. My family, everything. Everything. I'm grateful that I went through this to come out the other side as well, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. I've no doubt I'm going to get this this time. I really don't. I think I have enough barriers, as I said, to protect the head, you know what I mean? I didn't, 
before. Mm. I didn't know about this mental illness. like, And it is a mental illness. I diagnosed myself. I told myself that I suffer with this. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are suffering with it, but just don't realise it. You know? They really don't realise it. What other things do you do then to keep yourself going? Can I ask you a question, actually? Yeah. The shift work. Yes. Does that affect your mood or...? Um, not really, not really, no, because when I'm on the earlies, I get up that bit earlier, do these things. Mm. Now, I'd still lie in bed, you know what mm. I mean, and read away mm. in the mornings, and then when I'm on the lights, I'm up early, I try to keep myself active, as active as I can, I'm in the gym five, four or five times a week, I'm out running, I signed up for a half marathon on the 7th of November, I was out running about two weeks ago and uh, said I'd do a 10k. I end up running the half marathon two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. myself, like that's if I wouldn't, I definitely would have did, wouldn't have did that in active addiction. Like, um, I try to keep as active as I can. The, the shift walk doesn't really affect me to a certain extent. Like, I feel like I'm still doing the same things. Mm-hmm. If I'm on the earlies, if I'm on the lights. I'm getting the Zoom meetings in if I'm on the lights. I prefer the face-to-face meetings, yeah. though. I really mm. do. Like, so I always open up and share how I'm feeling at them, every meeting I go to. Whether I talk shit or not, like it's better that to get it matter. off your yeah. chest, you know what I mean? And around here, because I, I, with Ian, he was telling me about Peter House, there's one just up in the, the Ballymun Road there, which I didn't know. So do, is there, locally, is there lots of CAAA meeting opportunities around? There is, yeah. There's um, Monday nights, the Glen, that's NA, Narcotics mm. Anonymous. I go to any of them. It doesn't bother me. Like, once I, these are the things that are keeping me clean. Like, I remind myself that every day, you know what I mean? There's one the Glen, Monday, now don't, don't quote me on this, <laughs> Um, half seven then Tuesday I'm in a group uh, a whatsapp group mm. it's called Out of the Solution Out of the Pollution and Into the Solution um, so Tuesday night I'm on the earlies again there's a big boogie, big book study 10 o'clock um, I do that Wednesdays Darndale CA 7 o'clock Thursdays the Glen half seven um, Friday, out of solution, out of pollution and into the solution, 10 o'clock, top, that's just uh, a share, share of how your week went, it's fucking great. Saturday, I do swords, River Valley, and then Sunday, out of solution, I, I keep myself busy. On Sundays? Yeah, yeah. And Carl, if anyone, because like, I know you said that you, at the top of this as well, you said that if the video just helps anyone, like, so if any young fleh or young one out there is, or you know, woman or man, whatever, is struggling, what would you say to them? You have to ask yourself, is this life, when you're caught up in these things, really, really the right thing that I'm doing? Like, you have to admit to yourself that you have a problem, I think, personally, that's, this is my experience. Like, I've had so many people reach out to me already. I can't, I can't, as I said to you, I'm only, I don't want to be preaching because I'm at an early stage of my recovery. But, I would recommend anybody to fuck their pride and their ego out the window. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what age you are. If you feel like you need help, go and talk to somebody. 
it's the best thing that I've ever like the last sixty days how I'm feeling. I'm not messing with you. It's just it's besides my son being born, it's the best thing that that's ever happened to me. Is it relief? Relief. Um I used to I used to be crippled with fear. Do you know why? Like because I'd always have a drug debt over my head. So the fear of bumping into that person, the fear of walking down the road, oh, you owe that person money. You know what I mean? Mm. It's all fear, I think, with me. A lot of fear, like... But yeah, I'm getting on top of things now at the moment. And this is all happening because I'm doing the right thing, like, you know what I mean? Mm. Definitely. Mm. It's amazing to see. Ah, uh, it's amazing. It's a miracle itself to me. Like, I was, I was really bad, considering where I'm at now, like... Wake up smiling every morning. It's fucking great. Like, um, in all of this, you have a son. How old's your son? Yeah, Lennon's seven. There, yeah. he's 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 fucking deadly. Um, he's been a big part of my life. That's why I said I I feel it. I suffer with a lot of guilt and shame when it comes to looking back and reflecting back on him because I've stepped out. It says in the book, no human aid would stop you. Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. Sorry. That's okay. That's true. My ma crying couldn't stop me from doing what I was doing. My own son that looks up to me couldn't stop me from doing what I was doing. That's the power, power of this addiction. Like, you know what I mean? You go with any lengths. Like, I do suffer with a lot of guilt and shame, but as you walk through the steps, you, I don't know the steps off by heart now, but I was having to read through them. Like, I haven't properly started my step work yet. Mm. I'm going to get stuck into that this week with my sponsor. But he was telling me, as you go through the steps, you let go over all this. It's a, it's a spiritual-based program mm. as well. Like, And uh, he was saying, don't don't be worrying about that. You let go over all this stuff. So I'm looking forward to doing that because mm. the doors it eats me up. If I'm, if I'm being honest with you, it really does. Like, I've always been there, but I was a functioning addict. Like... Um, I'd be always doing stuff with him, but then I got to a stage where I didn't even want to bring him to park. I didn't, didn't want, sorry, excuse mm-hmm. me. I didn't want to bring him out playing football. He just wants to be with his dad, out doing things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the last 60 days, I feel myself, come on, we go to, I'm the one telling him, come on, we're going, mm-hmm. like, it's just great. It's them little things that I take for granted, like, you know what I mean? And that is, again, Paloma did talk about the shame and she's gone through the steps on that and she goes back to that step constantly just to help her through it. Um, it's it's fantastic that I know, like, you might think there is no help out there, but actually listening to you talking about the areas that anyone, <clears throat> excuse me, that anyone could just walk up to, and they can, can they just walk up to one of those meetings? Can they just walk up to the Glen? Can they just walk up into downtown and say, yeah. I'm here, I need help. Yes, correct. And you don't even have to talk. Like, you can just sit there and listen with an open mind. Like, you know what I mean? That they don't, nobody judges you going into that room. They're all there for the same purpose. To help this illness. You know what I mean? They all want recovery at the end of the day. So, there's no point in me. Now, I, I did, I mean, forced me. And as I said to you, I was judging them, saying they're not as bad as me. But that's because my head was still fucked up. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, never been more welcome. Like, I have messages on my phone just from, look, I'll just, this is just this morning. This is a fellow I keep in touch with. Happy Friday, brother. Hope you have a great day with love heart. Happy Thursday, brother. Hope you have a great day. You know, all all stuff like this, it's just, 
think it sends me little quotes then I send him quotes it's part of the fellowship like it's it's amazing I won't be stopping it anytime soon not a hope not and a hope do you now think like and just a conversation point is like these young flits who are 14 even 12 who just think they're hard men who think they're and going down those horrible paths that they're going to get themselves into awful trouble that they probably won't see your age sitting there with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's scary, isn't, isn't it? it? It really is scary. Like, and come here, tell me this about your girlfriend. Who is she? Yeah, Chloe. She, that's Chloe. I had to. The, the worst thing I had to do was opening up and t- telling them, telling me ma again, telling her. Now I'm sure they. They knew a bit. I did, do you know what? I don't even like bringing up in conversation anymore because I'm on recovery. Mm. I'm trying to work the program the best of my ability. What I've done in the past, I've done in the past. Fuck it, it's done. Mm. I just try to stay positive, but it was horrible having to having to tell them. I didn't know what way it was going to go, like, you know what I mean? Mm. And is she one of your biggest supporters now? Ah, without a doubt, like, it's crazy. I didn't think that, though, at the start. I was like, oh, fuck. What am I going to do, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But, yeah. Really, really big part of my support, yeah. So what's the future now? Where where, where are you at? You're just going to keep well, going? I'm going to keep pushing on. I just, every day may not be a good day, but there's something good in every day. I try to take as much positives as I can. Um, I, don't, I haven't really, like, got a future set up as of yet because mm. I'm still in recovery. Mm. I take it day by day. Um, yeah. Yeah, my, I can sit here and say my life is good today. It is. It's not great. It's no sunshine, stars, rainbows, whatever you want to say. But I'm at peace in myself. I have no mind racing. The obsession to use a gamble has been lifted from me. Like, I used it constantly. It, it says it, it sets off a physical allergy. So say when I do, like, a forced sniff or forced bet, then it goes on to a phenomenon craving. So I'll constantly crave that stuff. And then um, it says about the mental obsession. So after that, I'll be mentally obsessed about it. And that's fucking true. Spot on true. I've experienced it firsthand. Like, I can't wait to get stuck into this big book. I I, I'm, I think I have a step ahead because I know a bit, bit about it already. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to be emotional going through this book without a doubt. Like, the steps mm-hmm. are going to be emotional. But as I said to you, I'm willing to go any lengths. To, if I want to keep the peace at myself... I'm not people pleasing anymore. I'm not doing it for me, ma. Before I was, I was, I was doing it, but I was only doing it to keep me ma off me back. That's a fact. I'd still go out and you was after going to a meeting ages ago, like years ago. You know what I mean? Or going to see a counselor. I'd go off and I'd you was. I'd complete a PA house program actually up the road there, mm. and that that helped me with uh, the mental side of it but it didn't stop the addiction like I was coming out of there and going to bookies like you know what I mean mm-hmm. mm. it's tough isn't it it is tough it is tough but anybody out there I recommend is just to fuck your pride and your ego out the window and just realise that you do need help and you're not alone like there's a lot of people in the same boat I know at the time you mo- what I was thinking are oh, people are going to judge me again um, off they're going to think I'm going to have to go back into rehab again. I fucked up again. Fuck it. It's done. It's the past. Mm. Your life is more important than any of these things. I'm starting to realise that now after years. Thank God. And have you made a conscious decision to kind of lose or let people fall away over the years? You have to. 
Mm. You have to be selfish if you want recovery, I think. Mm. You have to be selfish. Like, still keep in contact with a lot of people, but I, I won't be... Like, I went out Sunday there with me board to the cock and ball mm. just for a bite to eat, like, and it doesn't even bother me sitting in a pub and everybody's dreams. And that's just mm-hmm. great, like... I was able to sit there, have a bit of field, and not obsess about having a point. Like, it's just, mm. yeah, I'm on the right road. Mm. I am, I know I am. And Camille said that about your ma. Uh, is she real proud of you now? So proud, but the one thing she always says to me, I have to keep going, though. Mm. She does, because I've fucked up so many times. Like, mm. I have, I've let them down. Not only let them down, let myself down a, a lot of times before. I think she was at her wit's end with me, like, she was either do or die, like, you know what I mean? But I feel like I'm going to prove it to her this time, and I think she has that bit of hope as well, like... I can clearly see that you're going to do it this time. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you before, but your mindset now, and talking to you, and talking to the other girls, as I said, Root, uh, Root is five years clean, and uh, Paloma's three years clean, like, you know what I mean? It's, your mindset is the same mindset that the girls have, do you know what I mean? So... I think you have to be, have mm. a strong mindset, don't you, like, mm. really... See, your mind can be a very, very dangerous place at mm. times. Like, mm. like I used to obsess about these things, like constantly obsess, like twenty four seven. When I wake up, when am I doing a bit? Sit me around sniffing on my own. Like, who the fuck does that? You know what I mean? Lots of people. I know, now, and that's mm. what I'm saying. Fuck your pride and your ego out the window. Mm-hmm. Just and reach me, out and ask yes, help. Yeah, definitely. If I can do it. Anybody can. That's a fact, like. Well, listen, I'm not going to delay it any longer because to get you to work, and I know you are nervous sitting down with me, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, I actually you. feel all right. Yeah, now. all right, yeah, now. Yeah, 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 you yeah. do. I told you once you could into you, yeah. all right. But, Carl, thanks so much for sitting down with You're me. More and than as I said, this will definitely help a lot of people out there. And I do hope that the women who do listen to the podcast will give it to their sons, brothers, friends, and tell the men to listen because your story needs to be heard. And I know you're only at the start of it, but. The future's bright. Bit of luck. I know. There's no there's no taking the foot off the gas now, definitely. Mm. Once I keep doing these suggested things, I'll be fine. You will be. Yeah. Carl, thanks, man. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.